sharing with you a little bit of a Manuel Jal, an artist out of uh, Sudan. An interesting backdrop story and one that you should uh, stay tuned for, as I'll probably be telling it in the context of TED Global 2017 from Tanzania. I'm at Amsterdam Airport right now watching the plane load and looking forward to connecting with the TED conference in real life for the first time. Uh, stay tuned here, and I'll be giving regular updates throughout the week as the conference kicks off tomorrow. Good morning, Anchor. It's uh, John Zerflu from TED Global 2017, and all checked in and registered this morning. Uh, breakfast included uh, sitting at a table with a group of translators, each of them uh, different entrepreneurs in their own right, one developing new lampshades in Africa as an entrepreneurial company that he's setting up, another data consultant for the World Bank, and a full-time translator coming out of Berlin. So the tenure of the conference is very global and very diverse in nature, as would be expected for a TED production of this type. Anyway, heading off to tours this morning uh, to get a sense of the territory around Arusha and looking forward to connecting a little bit uh, with the countryside since it was so dark when I arrived last night. Uh, We'll be back this afternoon for our first session with TED Talks beginning at about 5 p.m. Have a great day. Just entering the TED Global 2017 Theater and excited for this first session beginning Sunday night at 5 p.m. We're all following the hashtag TED Global and the theater is filling up. Very comfortable venue with an exciting stage and a nice lineup tonight of uh, wonderful speakers. Uh, Finishing up with a dinner this evening with the entire TED Global crowd uh, here at the launch. Uh, We're really excited about the offerings today. After a wonderful day of visiting a Maasai village, uh, an area that includes 24,000 Maasai tribesmen, uh, and they've built that into a huge area of farms and uh, green, lush valleys and uh, just an amazing people uh, that we got a chance to connect with today and see both inside their homes and around their village. Really an amazing part of the country here uh, in Tanzania and really excited to get some pictures out and some artifacts uh, about the experience here at Tech Global. Uh, I'll be checking in after the first session this evening. Well, the first session of TED is over and I'm just about to head down to dinner, but I can't uh, go without uh, getting my thoughts on the table. Absolutely amazing session that uh, was entitled A New Map and they really did craft a map very different for Africa than that we typically perceive. Uh, We started off with Gus Casely Hayford, a cultural historian who articulated a history of Africa that's not well known. Uh, The deep history and the stories, the cultural stories that he and others are working to preserve uh, despite the attempts of others to destroy uh, you know things in various countries for political reasons they're really fighting hard to retain these stories and retain these these cultural stories to keep that deep history uh, in Africa that uh, speaks loudly to the kinds of things that were going on here in Africa north and south 
during a time of the Dark Ages, for example, in Europe, and how uh, Africa has contributed significantly to global human history in ways that we often don't talk about or or don't have an awareness of. Uh, he did an absolutely fabulous job uh, of architecting that map for us. Uh, and then after uh, Gus, we got a chance to listen to Zachariah Mamfili. Uh He's an amazing gentleman who is in politics. Uh, he, he's a professor of, of political science. Um, but he talked about something that I find a unique concept. He said we must protest democracy. And by that he means not to get rid of democracy, but to continually improve democracy. It requires a strong voice of ordinary people. And that means uh, the, the peaceful, nonviolent protest uh, that really asks the critical questions of democracy. Is it really seeking to achieve the goals of the people? Um, and that particular type of protest is on a trend line in Africa of significance over the the last five to ten years uh, and we really see how the youth of Africa in, in a continent where it's predominantly younger people as compared to other continents ar around the globe uh, how that youth voice is choosing a nonviolent path over a violent path to bring about positive change in countries all across the continent. A really powerful message uh, from Zachariah on this concept of uh, politics and, and how it needs to develop. And then we move to George Steinmetz, a photographer, a gentleman that I had some awareness of because I've seen his work over the years. And his photos of Africa taken from uh, an ultralight uh, uh, paraglider that he uses to get him uh, just enough above the African landscape to take amazing photographs that really demonstrate the diversity of Africa and all of the different environments. And he took us on a photo journey through Africa that was uh, quite astounding. Photos that can't be gotten through airplanes or through helicopters, but that can only see, be seen through the talented photographer's eye uh, flying just a thousand feet above the air. Volcanoes, deserts, Serengetis, animals, people, uh, you know, just an amazing view that he shared with us to really help understand the map of Africa. Uh, and then we had Oceanoya Agabi, neurotechnical um, entrepreneur, who talked to us about how he's developed a methodology with his startup company to put neurons into electronic devices um, and how they are increasing exponentially the potential for computing power using neuron-based technology. Absolutely profound, and when you start to consider the ramifications of it, as was questioned on the stage, it, it, it's, it's significant. Uh, we were only loosely talking about accessing uh, actual organic material for computing power uh, you know, a number of years ago and, and no real clear pathway to it. He now has a working product on the market uh, that's being used in security and hospitals and uh, they have a five-year path to processing using organic neuron cells. Absolutely a, a phenomenal work that he's doing. We had uh, an art fair curator that gave us a good picture of the art map of Africa, particularly current uh, day arts. And then we finished up with science fiction writer Nnedi Okorafor. Uh, she's an African science fiction writer. Absolutely amazing day.
Good morning, Anchor followers. Just a quick update on our first session this morning at TED Global 2017. We were pummeled by TED Fellow Talks this morning from 8.30 until about 11. Uh, Kicked it off with a presentation uh, by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Augustine Mahiga. He uh, originally formed the TED Global event 10 years ago, and I failed to mention earlier that this is the 10th anniversary uh, of TED returning to Arusha after its start in 2007. Uh, and so the Minister of Foreign Affairs was at that time on the Security Council representing Tanzania at the United Nations. Uh, he's now been appointed as Minister of Foreign Affairs after the recent election, and uh, he was fabulous in talking about how to bring uh, peace to Africa and uh, some of the things that must be done to undercut corruption in the many governments and the many uh, areas of turmoil throughout the continent. It was particularly poignant because I had an opportunity to have breakfast with a gentleman from Sudan uh, who has grown up through the strife there and reflects that the Sudan is still in a very difficult state. Uh, we went from there to Maklit Hadero, a wonderful musician with her group on stage of uh, cellist and uh, percussionist. Uh, I'll share some of that music right after this. Uh, I picked up her album and I can share a song as an interlude right after this presentation. And then we went through a cavalcade of speakers under the TED Fellows Program. These are individuals who are pursuing actual work in their fields of interest, often supported by TED and supported by foundations foundations that TED collects around these worthy causes. So we talked to uh, biomechanical engineers, uh, we listened to uh, biomedical projects, uh, artificial intelligence and technology projects meant to bring uh, medical care to remote and distant places, including a program in uh, Alaska that has implications for Africa and beyond. We were introduced to the devastating situation of the lack of, of medical practitioners in Africa and what that means for you know the growing development of disease fighting in the, in the massive massive population here in Africa. But we also heard from artists and poets and many other individuals that brought a tremendous message uh, cohesively around this idea of how TED cares and gives back and really supports these individuals to do these amazing uh, bits of work. We even saw uh, new scientific insights into fish behavior and coral reefs and how that has implications for the entire uh, biology of the planet and and how we might uh, begin to infiltrate it. We also uh, got a speech about uh, uh, new advances in science that keeps uh, fungus from attacking plants uh, built off of uh, work done uh, up in the east uh, coast of the United States uh, in chestnut trees when they were attacked up there. So just again one bit of information after another of these profound areas of work that are literally uh, highly impactful but more importantly our actual work going on on the ground and this is kind of a mainstay of the foundation of TED and how it brings leading-edge thinking into the context of then um, other speakers who speak at a higher level and and really propel action in the world uh, it's been a wonderful morning going into session two, another group of TED Fellows, and then our main session this afternoon, which highlights uh, the Rwandan president who's visiting here. So security has ramped up considerably today. Anyway, stay tuned. I'm going to put a song uh, from uh, Maklit Hadero uh, right after this piece. TED Fellows talk session two just completed, and again, a cavalcade of 
speakers and performers. I'm outside watching the uh, fellows do a group picture together now that our session is over. It's quite an interesting group that supports TED and uh, creates a camaraderie of people doing good work around the world. We had again um, uh, wonderful speakers on various scientific topics but also um, on a variety of arts and uh, culture aspects of uh, things around the world. Uh, particular mention though was uh, Soyapi Mumba who spoke to us about his uh, building of the medical system in Malawi that is now being seen as a model for the rest of Africa and many other countries throughout the world, uh, really pushing medical care uh, using technology into some of the outlying areas of Malawi and really providing for long-term patient care and better outcomes. He's the director of public health informatics in Malawi and is part of the Boabab Health Trust. A gentleman who really brought inspiration to the stage in terms of what he's accomplishing for his country and beyond. Uh, we also finished up with another musical set uh, with Meklit Hedero, uh, Joshua Roman, Kasiva Mutua, who was also a speaker on her uh, striving to bring drums to women, which is seen culturally here as a taboo, and how she's changing culture in that way by being a, a leading-edge percussionist in this part of the world. Um, and then Blinky Bill joined them on stage, uh, and I've included a song just before this uh, interlude from Blinky to give you a sense of the music and the culture and the amazing things that are happening in this region of the world. Uh, heading off to St. Jude's now to uh, a cultural exchange uh, with a wonderful school project here and then back for the main TED session this evening again beginning at 5. Uh, some of you may have found that there's opportunities on the Anchor platform to provide feedback. Uh, shout out to Valerie Navarro who sent me a wonderful email this morning. Sorry I can't get the Malawian music uh, that we didn't involve in dance uh, during our visit yesterday, but I'll look for other opportunities to plug music uh, into the sessions here and see what I can share with you in between sets. The final session for TED Global 2017 for Monday is finished, and again, a cavalcade of wonderful stories, uh, this time under the theme Pathmakers. So we really had a lot, number of people up on stage tonight telling us about their paths to success and how they're inspiring change in their environments. And couldn't have kicked it off with a better person even though he was not able to be here in person he was live streamed in and had an interview with a wonderful journalist on stage Paul Kagame the president of the Republic of Rwanda just recently re-elected for another seven-year term talking about how he balances life between family and and his responsibilities as president and stays very grounded as the individual currently leading that country that is the turnaround country of Africa with currently looking at 6% GDP growth. Absolutely fabulous story of uh, that country turning around in just 20 years from the uh, historical genocide that took place here and how it has really remade itself as the 
best performing African country. Uh, we went from there to uh, Pierre Thiam, a uh, chef uh, born uh, in Senegal and uh, ultimately trained in New York and is currently doing research into uh, a grain here in uh, Africa uh, and what he's doing with that grain to make it a new staple uh, that he's bringing out to the world. Um, it's a very interesting story of what, what may be the most historical grain uh, in the world and how it has been marginalized in recent history but actually has much better nutritional products uh, components to it. And so he told the story of how he's bringing this back to make it a, a viable product um, and, and bringing it to market. And it's, it, the grain is called Fonio, F-O-N-I-O. Uh, and he said uh, one of the things that got everybody laughing was uh, it's easier to pronounce than Quino. And so we had wonderful story from him. Uh, we had Lou Clausen, Bitcoin advocate, talking about the future of cryptocurrency and the way in which it will provide micro incentives back to uh, various aspects of society and how it could be the foundational currency for Africa, given the fact that they're building their infrastructure from the ground up right now. And so it could be legitimately uh, the currency of choice in this continent as it develops its infrastructure. We had biomedical engineering and talking about some of the recent inventions uh, that were aimed at meeting needs. And the quote that she gave, which was so powerful, was that we are often blinded to needs when looking for pathways for technology. And it was really a, an amazing moment to understand how technology really is linked to helping people and make me think about technology and education and how its utility is the most important aspect and whether it actually helps kids to accomplish or achieve things that they otherwise might not have. And we finished up with uh, Washington Washira, wildlife ecologist, and how he has transformed Africa into a bird-watching culture and learning about birds and their migratory habits and how they're understanding not just birds now but all of the various species of Africa and uh, deepening their understanding of them so that they can preserve them and their importance to the biosphere. Again, another, another session with Ted that has absolutely been profound and uh, heading off to dinner now to uh, get some food and then hopefully right away back to bed because I'm exhausted after a long day. And I should also mention, did a wonderful trip to uh, the St. Jude School uh, just down at the end of the driveway here right near the hotel. It was an amazing visit to a wonderful educational institution that's doing great work for the children of Tanzania. Talk to you all tomorrow. And it's another day at TED Global 2017. Welcome anchor followers to the missives feed here. Um, just want to speak out about last night first and uh, note that we had a wonderful dinner gathering last night and got a chance to meet and greet uh, Ambassador Bush, the ambassador from the United States to Morocco. Uh, wonderful conversation with him and some scientists uh, revolving some work both in Australia and in Africa on uh, disease eradication in some of the farming projects that they're doing and uh, sourcing U.S. aid funding for those projects. So it was a wonderful evening last night, wonderful meal and a good crowd. And I got a chance to meet many of the TED fellows who had been on stage yesterday uh, during the middle of the day. Um, this morning we had another great session of people uh, put before us. Uh, we started with uh, uh, Chika Enzanya Esselbu. 
she is a wonderful educator uh, who has made some inroads into understanding uh, the issues associated with um, imported educational materials and how they lack relevance to the educational environment, but then capitalizing on that and taking it a step further into the actual relevance of indigenous learning in Africa that can help this country to do far better than some imported methodologies. And she gave uh, farm examples and, and, and school examples, learning examples that help to understand the dichotomy of how outside innovation and invention may not have as much applicability here in Africa as we might perceive. Uh, we also went through a variety of entrepreneurial business leaders and technologists. Of particular instances, Joel, Joel Jackson, uh, transport engineer who has founded a company here, uh, again on this theme of building vehicles that are meant for Africa rather than the current influx of imported vehicles into Africa that are ill-equipped to handle the roads and the environments that Africa uh, places in front of them as challenges. So again, it's looking beyond uh, the current available products to those things that might be made or manufactured specifically to suit a purpose here and build an infrastructure for manufacturing and, and, and job development in the process. And his company, Mobius, uh, has, has developed a car, a vehicle specifically for Africa and is launching their 2018 version that also addresses aspects of public transportation in addition to the design of the vehicle uh, for you know the African population as a much better alternative to imported versions. And then we had Sarah Menker, technology entrepreneur, who really introduced us to the challenges that face Africa in food production, but not just Africa, the globe. Uh, and she has done uh, technological modeling and data production to look at the fact that the tipping point, although we've been all talking about 2050 as the uh, potential food crisis and people are using actual weights to determine that food crisis, she's actually used a different measure and that's calories. And so it's the quality of food, not the quantity of food. And we looked at countries and their production curves and their trend lines and they've actually done computer analysis and modeling that says we're actually going to achieve uh, a food crisis by 2027 where we'll be 214 million cal trillion calories short in 2027 and the up-and-coming markets of South America and of course the uh, the continuous output of North America um, maybe the the stabilization of India will be ill-suited to really meet this challenge it's really going to be up to Africa and its ability to build a higher output of, of farming they have a potential of being able to increase that five times, but in reality, they only need to do it about two times between now and 2027 to address this 214 trillion calorie deficit that is looming over us. Uh, and then we finished with Keller Renato, a robotics entrepreneur, uh, who spoke to us about the delivery of uh, blood products and, and hot, uh, medical products via high-speed uh, drone-style airplanes uh, and they've completely transformed the medical system in Rwanda and they are now delivering blood products within 20 to 30 minutes over a hundreds of kilometer radius. Uh, he showed their installation and the Rwandan president has embraced this as a way of getting material two people on demand. Really profound what he's developed and what has come from it.
Here again, anchor followers at TED Global 2017. Just finished session four, entitled A Hard Look, and that is exactly the way it came down. Um, we had some good introductory presentations and an amazing um, performance of poetry, dance, and music by Kyudis Onakeko. Uh, and it just was powerful in his expression of the challenges that many face in Africa and, and how that adds to their art and to their music and to their expression uh, through the cultural arts. Um, and then we had two uh, speeches in a row. Uh, Leo Igwe, who is a human rights activist and speaks from a humanist point of view, and Ndidi Nwanelli. Uh, who is a, a, a faith-based uh, uh, entrepreneur, social innovation expert, who's looking at uh, bridging uh, the faith-based society and social change within Africa. And each of them spoke from very different points of view from a, from a religious perspective in terms of what's happening in Africa as a continent and legitimately throughout the world. But particularly for Africa, it seemed uh, very clear that they were juxtaposed on opposite points of view. And so it was amazing uh, that they brought them back on stage after each of them spoke separately to have a mini debate on stage uh, and they worked hard uh, to argue their points of view. Uh, you know, the humanists really struggling with religion's uh, tendency to allow people to uh, look to God instead of taking action to actually make their situation better. And uh, the religious perspective, of course, about the empowerment of people within the context of their faith in the things that they can accomplish. And the two of them really argued their points quite well, but uh, ultimately found some common ground in the need for both faith-based and, and non-religious uh, to find this common ground of how to transform and create social change in a continent that really is desperately in need of that in, in moving the continent forward. And then we finished, which was perfectly uh, punctuating the session, with Nabila Alibaba. Uh, she is uh, someone who has traveled broadly and has also found herself in the midst of uh, of trauma and terrorism. She was in D.C. for 9-11. Uh, she was in, uh, uh, in Afghanistan when the uh, mall terrorism took place and ultimately found her way back to her home country of, of Algiers. And there entered into a project to try to bridge the divisions between different faiths and try to fight back against terrorism and brought uh, a project called um, Color. Uh, you know, that they put together to bring different churches within those communities together. And the theme that they used was they chose this color yellow. And they said, all these churches, we want you to uh, paint your uh, buildings yellow and stand out as bastions within the community linked by a common color but still diverse in, 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 your, in your beliefs and in your practices but find this common place where we can all agree that, that faith is interwoven in our community and we can bridge these divides and fight back against terrorism and the um, unspoken conversation is often felt through the senses uh, uh, you know that it really brings it and so these 
this project involved painting these uh, these churches and mosques and and religious facilities throughout the city, 25 of them, uh, and collaboratively painted. The paint was donated, and the idea really inspired this idea of bridging these gaps and coming together in the political conversations then that kept the community engaged rather than divisive or separate. Really profound, uh, uh, virtuous uh, kinds of speeches today that got to the core of, of human faith and how it interacts with some of the challenges uh, that everyone faces, uh, whether here in Africa or throughout the world. Um, so in, how color replaces fear in common, uh, that, that's the group and very worth taking a look at. Heading off to lunch and then another session uh, this afternoon. Lots of exciting conversation to be had during the times when we're not in session and amazing people here that have provided lots of inspiration for the things that I hope to bring back to our conversations about our core values, this idea of taking action and really looking at how that translates into these sessions and beyond. Good evening, Anchor followers. Session 5 of TED Global 2017 is now over. And just as each session has built on the other, this was certainly another growth and development overall that has been seen so far this week. We started with Andiswa Mazwai, a singer and songwriter, a beautiful tune. I'll try to throw it up as a, as a tune right after this segment. Uh, amazing job and really brought the audience to attention for what was going to be one of our more, more profound sessions. We uh, talked with Natsai Audrey Chiesa, a designer. Uh, she told us about her uh, bioengineering of uh, fabric dyes and a variety of artistic endeavors for scaling in a, in a new world, looking at how um, products, particularly fabrics, can be made in a different way. Uh, really powerful, her work uh, with, the, with technology labs back in the United States uh, and how they're scaling this uh, fermenting process in a bio-generative uh, sort of way to create multiple colors across the spectrum and then build it up to scale. Uh, we then had uh, Gada Wali, a wonderful designer who shared with us a variety of things uh, going on in her studio. Um, she's primarily uh, involved in graphic design, um, but she shared with us a unique product that she had developed because of her uh, concern about the degree to which the Arabic language was being lost to the world and moreover how when you travel abroad from Arabic speaking countries the Arabic language is often portrayed um, as something um, terrorist oriented or connected to violence and she wanted to change that and she has developed uh, a wonderful system of translation between English and Arabic for children using Lego and Lego images and the kinds of things that make it easy to learn Arabic in a bilingual fashion and she's really aiming at the refugees out of Syria and others who have been forced out of their Arabic speaking countries and are now left without their uh, native language. Um, we also 
uh, heard from Chris Sheldrick, uh, founder and CEO of uh, What Three Words. Uh, he has developed uh, with his partners a, a brand new addressing system for the world, literally the planet. They've divided the planet up into 54 uh, trillion squares and they've assigned it a unique address to each of those three meter squares on the entire planet that can be addressed with three words and you can do that in multiple languages so it's not just three words in English it could be three words in any language and you can identify your exact location on the planet and he sees this as getting emergency services to people getting uh, products to people uh, a way of finding people in a world that is it, while it's increasingly mapped, it is not effectively addressed, and each country deals with its own challenges in that way. And then finally, uh, we heard from, well, not finally, we had Ike Ude, who spoke to us about his art in photography. Uh, he's an artist who has uh, presented things around the world. He's quite well known in the United States because of uh, uh, CoverGirl uh, photo shoots that he has done there that have been widely acclaimed over many years. Uh, but his most recent collection on Nollywood actresses and actors uh, is the most profound set of portraying African individuals in unique fashion. And so very inspiring work uh, on his part in changing the way we view Africa one photo at a time. And then uh, last but not least, we had Sethembiel Mezzani, and I'm sorry if I'm getting the name wrong, it's a very hard one to pronounce. She's a wonderful uh, expressionist artist uh, who does herself as a, as a statue, and she does these in response to gender uh, uh, bias that she has perceived in the world, and particularly in South Africa, and interestingly has inspired the taking down of uh, predominantly male and questionable statues in South Africa. So the parallels to some of the debate in the United States was quite evident as we listened to her presentation. Um, up tomorrow, I have a very special uh, opportunity to get together with uh, Patrick uh, Awoa. He is the speaker from 2007 that I admired uh, when looking at coming to TED Global 2017, and I get to meet him at lunch tomorrow. Good morning, Anchor followers, and hopefully many of uh, my families from the American School of Warsaw are now timing in since they'll see this link in Zimplicity article later this afternoon. Welcome, one and all. Hopefully you can look at some past episodes, but I may have to do some re-recording of them and compiling for you to hear the entire TED Global. Uh, this morning's update is simply to reflect on a wonderful gathering last night of all the conference participants, included a bonfire and uh, lo lots of drumming and African dancing uh, amidst a wonderful uh, buffet here at the Negruto. Uh, uh, Mountain Lodge. We're having a wonderful time at the conference heading into our last day this morning. Uh, session this morning was entitled Urban 3.0 and we received many talks on aspects of city and urban development uh, within the context of developing Africa, again with lots of themes that carry around the world. Uh, we started with Christian Benamana, uh, architect working on architecting within Africa uh, that allows for developing internal 
styles and internal architects rather than simply reconstructing other Western cities within an African context and made a strong case for how this needs to be addressed. A lot of our speakers, and I won't go through all of them, really spoke to the idea of justice and law and uh, the use of legal resources within the context of um, advocating for individuals that are often displaced by urban development. Uh, strong cases made through very telling stories of, own, of their own personal experience of being moved across boundaries or evicted from uh, family lands in order to provide for urban development. Um, we also we heard from a legal empowerment advocate and we also heard from uh, a, a convict who had uh, uh, achieved a legal degree while in a Kenyan prison and helped them to establish a Kenyan university in the prison system where uh, 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 jail inmates could better themselves during their time there so that they could enter back into society uh, with uh, degrees and empowerment. Uh, really, again, a powerful story because many of these uh, people that are in jails are more political prisoners than they are actual criminals. And whatever the case, uh, these outcomes for them uh, post uh, incarceration were improved and enhanced by these kinds of programs. Uh, again, powerful stories from all of our uh, uh, session participants this morning on this aspect of how people and change and growth and development mix together and how important it is to value the individual within the context of, of these kinds of powerful momentum. Uh, all following the theme that has been here throughout the week of uh, the challenges associated with uh, the growth and development of a continent that will double its population by 2050 to 2.5 billion people and thus be just a slight bit larger than China and India combined at that time. Um, powerful messages about the implications of this in a global context. We'll tell you more after our next session this morning. Hello, Anchor followers. I'm going to make this my final entry before packing and getting ready to return on my journey uh, back to Warsaw. Uh, we just finished the final session of TED Global and it was absolutely astounding. We began with uh, the president of Mauritius, uh, a wonderful uh, woman who uh, really uh, speaks to the idea of people with uh, uh, understanding of the world and the way it works. Uh, a professor uh, by trade, somebody who worked in botany and biodiversity, who spoke at a TED conference in 2014 and shortly after was recruited and elevated to run for president in Mauritius and has reigned there since. Uh, really a marvelous example of not only a woman in a position of power of that nature, but also an academician and, and someone from the, the, 
the Islamic, the Muslim faith. Um, Jesus just was so gracious in speaking to us from the stage in an interview format about how she feels about the emergence of Africa and Africa's uh, challenges that lie ahead and what she's doing in her country and across the continent uh, to bring that to fruition. We had many speakers in between. I can't speak about all of them because the last one was the most profound. They actually brought as the concluding presenter to the stage a farmer from Kenya, uh, Kisilu Musya amazing gentleman who told a story of years spent uh, wasting away in Nairobi as a young child getting the basics of education but feeling lost away from his home country where his family had originally come from he returned to those farms in the midst of famine and brought together women who were left behind by their men who had trotted off to the city in the face of famine and brought them together uh, to form a cooperative farm and he learned with them and with the community on how to challenge uh, the blight of famine and how to turn these farms into productive farms again and the quotes throughout the evening were just fabulous the idea of planting these seeds in people's minds and turning it into action and he actually used words that I used with elementary just a week ago if it is to be it is up to me it, just a profound moment uh, and uh, one that I can scarcely describe uh, bringing this message to this crowd who had heard all week about how Africa and the world is challenged by these unique problems and the kinds of minds and the kinds of ideas that have to be brought to bear upon them. Um, I have a whole different picture of Africa that I'm coming back to Warsaw with, one that I hope to share and one that I hope to uh, continue to ponder on as it guides us to prepare children for the world uh, and face these problems. Thank you for listening, and I'll finish up Global TED Global 2017 with this final entry and maybe one more song from one of our many musicians that was here at the event.